But here's what I want you to think about is when I say to choose better. Not that you haven't been um, choosing well, but the point here is to choose to grow. You know, this, this year, as we're moving into a new year, choose to grow and choose that you're going to move forward in Christ. Now, if you look at your outline, you'll see I have the, I have the um, scriptures printed in the outline for you this morning. They'll also be on the screen. Uh, but I thought it uh, just a good thing to be able to put those scriptures in there for you. Uh, you know, we want to, before we share communion, to focus on our opportunity to celebrate our new life in Christ as we begin uh, this new year. So you see the first passage there from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It says, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers uh, will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Caleb, go to the, go, to the, go one more. Thank you. Um, so, in this new year, choose to leave the past behind. As someone with a relationship with Christ, choose to, to leave that past behind. You cannot, you cannot move forward if you're living in the past. If you're li Notice what it says there in 1 Corinthians 6. Again, it's in your outline. You know, in, in verse 11, he says, as he lists all of these different sins, and maybe your particular sin isn't listed there, maybe it is listed there, but here's the point in verse 11. That is what some of you were. That's what some of you were. You see, if you're going to live in the past, you're going to live with what you were. But you need to move on to the rest of the verse. You know, you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified. And when you come into a relationship with Christ, you're just what it says here. You, you know, you're washed. Washed of all, you know, we are washed of our sins. You're sanctified. You are set apart as God. You know, by what God has done, you're justified. God has declared you not guilty in Christ. In Christ, you know, not guilty. It, it all comes, you know, it says there, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Don't live, don't live in a past. Some of you are paralyzed by your past. You know, you're paralyzed by the choices that you made. And you think back to some of the choices that you made. And, and what comes into your mind are all of those things that, that, that would beat you down. As to why you're not a worthy person, as to why you know you don't deserve happiness, or whatever else it might be, and, and some of those choices and begin to hold you back, or some of the things you have done. Every once in a while, I still get a couple of things that come up uh, and 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 just kind of punch me one, you know, for some of the things that I've done, and uh, you know, and mainly it's the way I, I you know that I treated some people in the past and things, uh, you know, particularly before I was a Christian, but still, you see. So while I, I, I took those to Christ, every once in a while, you know, they still come and they, and they can still haunt you. And we can choose to live in the past or we can live in what he calls us to now in what we are, you know, that, that just as he says there, you know, that we're washed, sanctified and justified. Maybe it's things that were done to you. Some people have had some horrible things done to them by others. Horrible things. Uh, 
and it presents a challenge for them to be able to move on. And so we have to be able to bring those to, to bring those to God, bring those to, and let Him, you know, by His by His power, wash us, sanctify us, justify us. Leave the past behind. Choose not to let the past hold you back. Choose to be better than your past, even if it was a good past. Even if it was a good past, choose to be better than that because God wants to pull you forward. God wants to raise you up. God wants to be... In, unless you're perfect. Now, if you're perfect, then, oh, you, know, then oh, oh, you, you would probably get a pass on this one. And I don't want to hurt any of your feelings, but there's no free passes. Uh, you know, because it, it's what, what God has done for us. And even if it's a good past... Leave the past behind and go forward. You know, go forward with what, with what God has for us and what he wants for us. You see the second passage there, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <coughs> it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, just what we've been talking about. He says, and look, new things have come. So this year, choose to step into the new things Caleb, again, I don't know why it's not going, but yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, choose to step into the new things that God has for you. You know, it's, if anyone is in Christ, so he's talking to those who have a relationship with Christ. If anyone is in Christ, those of us who have a relationship with Christ, notice what he says. He is a new creation. God makes us new. So the old things have passed away. What we were just looking at, be able to leave the past behind, leave the past in the past. Don't live in the past. Don't let that past hold you back. You know, don't let it hold you back. So you leave that behind. Old things have passed away, he says, and look, new things have come. Now, when we're talking about stepping into new things, it's not simply you know, a matter of avoiding things. It is this chance to embrace the new things for God. Those chance to embrace new things for God. How does God want you to grow? I know this for sure. He does not want you to be stagnant. He doesn't want you to stay where you are. He wants you to be able to grow in Him. He wants you to be able to learn more of Him. He wants you to be able to be more and more transformed by His work in your life and that newness of life that comes in Christ. Part of our problem, part of our struggles is we still have, we come to him as us with all of those experiences, with all of that past, and with all of the ways we are used to dealing with things. And we're used to dealing with things in a certain way, and what do we normally do? We normally fall right back into that. When he's talking about the fact that we're a new creation, you see, I am, I'm, I am no longer have to fall into that default setting. I now have the opportunity to leave that behind and to walk in that newness of life in Christ. I have that opportunity to, to do just what he says here, to, to you know, live and, and, and to walk in those new things that have come. How does God want you to grow? How does God want you to step out and follow him? He grows us through challenges. Now, don't look at challenges as a negative word. Challenges are both, you know, they can be negative, certainly, but they can also be positive. Those challenges. Yeah, I, I remember, you know, when I was, the first time I ran a marathon, 
well, in the second and every time I ran a marathon. It was a challenge. You see, it was a challenge before me. But I remember, I remember the first one I did was in Chicago. And, you know, so we went up and did the Chicago Marathon and we're, we're running. And now some of you have been along um, 94, go up I-94, and there's uh, White Sox Stadium right there. And as I'm running up there, as, as I'm running, and we ran along, went around White Sox Stadium, crossed over 94, and we turned the corner. As we turned the corner, there was this big 22. I was at 22 miles. And I thought, I was tired. Tired's an understatement. I was exhausted. I couldn't even, I, you know, I'd run a little, walk a little, run a little, walk a little. I saw that big 22, and you know what? I said, I have never run this far before. I have just never come this far before in my life, you know, running. And what a great thing. You know, I was still tired. I was still hard for me to run. But that whole thing of knowing that each step I was stepping into the furthest I had ever run in my life, you know, there's just a, a you know, a, an encouragement there with that. God wants to take you into new things. What are those new things that he wants to take you into? What are those challenges? It may wear you out. It may wear you out, but you grow. And I remember after that first marathon, you know, they said, you want to do another one? I said, yeah, I didn't say it out loud. You're dreaming, baby. You know, you're stupid. You think I'm ever going to do that again in my life, you know. Uh, And, well, then, you know, I did six more after that. But um, we can get worn we can feel beat down sometimes when we, when we, when we, we can feel exhausted. We can think of why did I ever think that was a good idea? But you know what? What are the new things that God wants you to step out and try as you follow him? That's what we're talking about. It, when he says, you know, that old things have passed away, new things have come. Why? Remember the first part of the verse. You're, you know, if anyone is in Christ, you're a new creation. In Christ and that new creation, what are those new things he wants you to try? What are those things that, you know, that maybe you've not done before that he wants you to, that he wants you to, to venture into and to say, and they may be, wear you down. They may be exhausting. Now, some of you are afraid to try. Jesus had an encounter with a young man, and the young man came to him, and he said, Lord, I needed know t- what, what do I need to do to be saved? And the scripture indicates he was, a, he was a wealthy man. We refer to him as the rich young ruler. Jesus said, you need to get rid of all this stuff. There's a paraphrase, you know. So, dude, you need to get rid of all this stuff and follow me. And do you recall what it says about this young man? It says, and he turned... I think it's one of the saddest verses in Scripture. And he walked away sad. He turned and walked away from Jesus sad because he saw this as too much of a challenge for him. He saw it as something that he just possibly could. And so that rich young ruler walked away. He was afraid to even try. Some of you are afraid to try. Maybe you're afraid because you think what you might lose. You don't lose anything when you're following God. You gain. You, maybe you're afraid to fail. Moses fought this battle. God said, Moses, I want you to go and get the people, get my people, rescue them, get them out, lead them out of Egypt. And Moses says, oh, I can't do that. That's not me. God, I can't talk. I stutter. I stammer. You know, I don't want to... God answers all of his objections until Moses finally says, I, 
I just don't want to go. Please send somebody else. I don't want to do this, you know. But he followed through. He stepped up and he did and he tried a whole new thing for him and he led God's people out. Don't be afraid to fail. Because you know what? God just may have you succeed. Some of you are afraid to try again. This is the battle Peter faced. Jesus said, you know, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before their son says, he said, no, no, I'm not. Not me. Never, Lord. No. You know, I'll die before I deny you. And three times, as Jesus was being tried, Peter is challenged. You're, you're with him. Peter says, no, I'm not. Again later, he said, you're one of, you're natural, you're, you're with this guy. And he says, no, I'm not. And then the third time it says that Peter denied him. And it says as he was, as he denied him, he was calling down curses on himself. Basically, that's, you know, what, what they would do then, you know, may God curse me if you're on. And so he's, and it says, and Jesus turned and looked at him. And it says, Luke gives us the detail. Peter went out and wept bitterly. He went out and wept bitterly. All of the disciples ran when Jesus was arrested. All of these guys who were supposed to be closest to him ran. And when Jesus was resurrected then, who did he go to? The women came to the tomb and he said, tell my disciples, I'm going ahead of them to Jerusalem. I I, want to be with them. I want to meet them. And they all went and they met with him again. And then Peter, you know, in, in John 21, we have that, that passage there where, where Peter comes and he's speaking with Jesus. And three times Peter gets to reaffirm, no, I do love you, Lord. I do love you, Lord. I do love you, Lord. Don't be afraid to try again. God is a God who forgives. One of the things we celebrate in communion is the forgiveness of God. How many times will God forgive? Well, do you think it's less than what he asked Peter to forgive? Well, God doesn't have to do it over and over. He does if you, if you sin, if you mess up over and over again, but he'll forgive you. You know, he forgives. And this is what, don't be afraid to try again. But one of the reasons some of you don't step into new things is because you're afraid to succeed. You're afraid to succeed. This was Jonah's battle. Jonah was sent on a mission from God. And God told him, go to Nineveh and you tell those people. Nineveh was not a pleasant place. But what you see as, as, as this whole thing goes on, you get, to, you get the fuller picture of what Jonah's real battle is because at the end of it, God forgives the people of Nineveh because they, they turned and they turned from their sin and they turned to God. And, God, and Jonah says... Well, God comes to him because Jonah's pouting under this broom tree and, God, and Jonah's pouting, you know, and God comes to him and says, Jonah, what are you doing, man? He says, you got nothing, you got nothing to be down about. What? And Jonah says, I knew you're a God. I knew you're a gracious, compassionate God. I knew you were, this is just, again, a paraphrase. I knew you were going to forgive these people. Jonah didn't want them forgiven, you see, because they were nasty people. I knew this is what you were going to do, God. Some of us are afraid to succeed. And we won't try new things because what if it works out? 
what am I, and we, we like where we're at. Step into new things. Take that chance. Step into what God has for you this year. Last two passages you see there. Take me to Romans. Thank you. Romans 14, 19. So then we must pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. To the letter to the Thessalonians. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other as you are already doing. So in this new year, choose to build others up in Christ. Choose to build others up in Christ. Now, look at, look at Romans 14 there. It's, it's in your outline. Look at Romans 14. If you're, you know, you're going to do this, here, you have to start with the first part of this verse. Pursue. You have to pursue. You have to pursue God. You have to pursue. Notice what it says, what, prom, what promotes peace, what builds one another up. You have to chase after that. You have to go after it. You have to do it with intent. When you're pursuing something, you do that with intent. You ever watch a dog chase a squirrel? It's and, and the squirrel's going like this, and the dog's going like this. The dog is not going to take his eyes off of it. And I remember when, you know, when our dog used to, when there was the big oak tree in the back here, and our dog would come out and chase the squirrels, and they'd go out, and the squirrel would go up the tree, and that dog kept going around that tree. You know, he couldn't climb the tree, but maybe he was looking, and he was doing all he could to see what he could do to get what he was pursuing. There's a good picture for us. Pursue these things. Pursue what promotes peace. Not, not trouble. Pursue what builds one another up. You want to build others up. First Thessalonians, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. Encourage one another. One of the things that I am very aware of because it doesn't come, it, it never came naturally for me to encourage people. Well, I, I would, but I would encourage you by telling you how you could do this better. That's just how I was kind of wired, you know. Hey, that's great, but did you know if you should, you know, and, uh, you know, how you can do it better. We call it Pat's Helpful Hints at my house. Uh, you know, and, and but to encourage someone, you know, you're doing, you are doing a good job. You know, you are, and what a great thing to be able to, to be able to encourage someone. But here's the thing that happens to us, you know, instead of choosing to build others up, I find it all too easy um, to focus on myself and on what I, what I feel what I think I need, or what I want. And I find it all too easy to focus on myself. That's a quick road to frustration. Because then if somebody gets in the way of what I want, well, then you've frustrated me. If you get in the way of what I want, and unfortunately, frustration is a very quick road to anger. Because when somebody frustrates me, you know, when I'm driving and they frustrate me because they don't drive like I do and I know better, um, or, or that, you know, whatever the choice might be, we, you know, then we, we become angry. And anger, you're a very short step from regret. That's why scripture warns us, in your anger, do not sin. Don't let that happen, it says. Now, we've entered a new year. And as we enter a new year, it's often a, you know, a signal for us for new beginnings. 
We're celebrating communion now. And communion is a reminder of our new beginning. <laughs>